Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Transcending the Negative Mind, where in this podcast we are discussing Libra and the elements of Libra and what to expect for this uh, astrological sign and the energies that are around it. My name is Julia Melville. I am a psychotherapist and a Kundalini yoga teacher, and I am an energy worker, and I'm fascinated in connecting our mind and our body. And I'm passionate about enabling breaking free from the negative mind that can hold us back. And I am delighted to be joined by Zoe Hind again, who is a soul astrologer, well-being coach and personal trainer. Welcome, Zoe. It's really lovely to be with you again. Wonderful to see you again at this beautiful equinox time. Absolutely. Would you like to introduce us a little bit to the energies of Libra? Certainly. So we're moving from Virgo, which is the harvest. Uh, Technically, actually, Virgo is the fruit and nut harvest. And we're moving into the sign of Libra, which is the wine or the vine harvest. So the symbol for Libra, if you can visualize it, is a straight line at the bottom with a humped line at the top. And for me, this represents the sunset of the year, the autumn equinox. So we come out of the summer months from Aries, a rise, which is the sunrise of the year. We've had the summer, which we tend to be more outwards and expansive with the sun and its heat. And now we draw back inwards into the winter months as the sun sets on the western horizon. And at this time, we're called to bring outer and inner into balance. So whereas Aries is the I, Libra is the we are. And Libra is said to be a sign connected to relationships. Most people jump immediately into romance and the relationship of you and your other. But it's actually the relationship of the outer and inner to begin with. As the nights start to draw in, the light hours start to get less and we get ready to do our inner work and take that sacred journey. So Libra is an air sign which is connected to the way that we think. And it's also ruled by Venus, which is connected to the heart. So today we'll be looking at how we think and feel about all manner of relationships. And as Libra is the scales, we'll be looking at how we can bring that into balance. Lovely, really lovely. When we are not in balance with ourselves or with others in our relationships, as I say, our relationship with ourselves or our relationship with our partners or our family or our friends, this is when the discord and disharmony starts to show itself. And this can show itself in ways of maybe feeling a bit scratchy with each other or being very short-tempered, not feeling very grounded having a strong reaction to something when maybe you wouldn't react normally in that way. And often we can be aware of it. We can think, why are we, why are we reacting like this? But we don't really understand why. And, and we do know subconsciously that it's not really who we are. This is what happens when we are out of balance with ourselves. Two words that come up for me also around relationship and harmony and balance are control and power how we harness the energies of control and power. They're two very powerful words that can have such a different meaning and they can shut us down or they can open us up. And when we connect with ourselves, and we start to be curious about the energies, the relationship that we've got with ourselves, the emotions that are coming up, that's when we can really start to 
empower ourselves. Curiosity and surrender are two of my favorite words. So it's really becoming aware of what is happening within and externally as well. What are the triggers? What is it that's setting you off? What is it that is pinging you back to maybe past memories about that have triggered you in the past? And in Western society, we're not really taught to surrender to our feelings. And what I mean by that is that we're not really taught to understand them. Often we're, we're encouraged to, to, to close them down. You know, you're fine. Don't cry. Don't worry about it. But in fact, we really need to understand what is it that is bringing our emotions up so that then we can start to release them and heal them. Yes. Yeah, so what we're dealing with here is the axis of Aries and Libra. And this is the aggressive passive axis. So Aries can be quite aggressive because they're just all fire with Mars. Come on, let's go. And sometimes they can be quite willful and want their way. And Libra can be quite passive. And they very much have a tendency to want to keep the peace. But what happens in this scenario is that somebody with strong Libra in their chart, and that can be rising and moon as well, or a lot of natal planets, that desire to keep the peace will do anything to keep the peace, to keep things in balance. But what happens internally is their own anger is repressed inwardly as they do anything to let the angry person calm down, to make everything nice again. But then you'll find that that's um, spurts up at another moment that's completely irrelevant and nobody knows what's going on. That repressed anger can just blow up at a completely different moment. So we're dealing with passive aggressive behavior patterns and the need really, because if you're going to find the middle ground between I need to acquiesce, I need to just do anything to, to keep the peace with that person, but I'm gonna put myself second and then blow up later on, which really isn't fair at all. Then to find the middle ground, you have to learn diplomatic communication. So as you were saying, there's um, aspects of control and surrender. The two words that I like are react and respond. So to react is fiery like an Aries, just knee-jerk reaction to a trigger that's been pressed. And respond, pondre, is to think in French. And the air signs are to do with thoughts and thinking. So to respond means to assess, to think, and then to act so it's a really good tactic for Librans to learn you can keep the peace but you can't do it at the cost of repressing your own emotions so learn diplomatic language because Librans are very diplomatic and able to assess both sides listen tell the person that you've understood and then be prepared to put your point forwards so I hear what you're saying I understand how you feel this is how I feel. How can we make the middle ground? How can we meet in the middle? So that really is the key to finding that union of self and other when it's to do with disharmony is to learn diplomatic, active listening, but then also to have the courage to represent yourself as well and ask the other person to meet you in the middle diplomatically. Yes, I so agree. And it makes me think about, I often think about it like a pressure cooker, because as you say, when we keep suppressing those emotions, they build up and they build up and then they come out in that explosive way, which is it, which actually is detrimental to 
to yourself and to the other person involved because for self we're then carrying that that negative energy we're carrying that anxiety stress that can create that sort of slightly acidic feeling inside and so as though as you say it's about you're over there I'm here and how do we meet in the middle and also what can help with this is really become curious about your your language that you speak the words that you use your tone of voice how you are in relationship with people notice how you feel when you are with somebody, does your energy feel boosted and buoyant? Does your energy drop down just with curiosity? Because curiosity takes away the judge, which definitely helps. And what we want to have is where this inner calm and this inner peace starts to come through. And also it's, it anger is often seen as a negative, well, it is a negative emotion, I guess, but anger is often seen as a bad thing. And we do need to be angry at times. It doesn't mean that we're yelling and screaming, but we do need to learn how to express ourselves and to say no in a way that we feel heard, but it hasn't caused confrontation. Most definitely. So the repression, like you say, that can actually have aspects uh, on the psychology, on the body. So as we know, there's a zodiac body and Aries can get hot headed because they're the head of the body. But one of the difficulties that uh, Librans will also have is their intake of sugar. They can be very sweet-toothed. And they're replacing there. They're substituting the sweetness they're looking for in romantic love from another by eating sweet foods. But in the zodiac body, the part of the body, that one of the parts of the body that is uh, ruled by Libra or uh, has an effect on Libra is the kidneys. So we're dealing with that inner balance, the acid and alkaline body, but also sugar levels. So for any big Librans out there, watch out for your sugar levels and just monitor those highs and lows, which are not going to help if you're in a difficult situation um, with somebody else and trying to find the balance and the peace in the middle. So. Venus is often described as the mirror of Venus. And if you actually look at the symbol, it does look like a handheld mirror. So one of the aspects of relating is to realize that the person that is in front of you is reflecting you back to you. So, Julia, you touched on that earlier with um, talking about people being triggered and reacting and things like that. But just to realize, don't shoot the messenger if something's annoying you then as we've spoken, find some diplomatic vocabulary that you're ready with so that you can express yourself properly and respond rather than react. But also have that mental perspective that somebody's if pushing your button, you can't have your buttons pushed without realizing they're your buttons. So just see that other person as a messenger reflecting back to you. It's often really hard, isn't it, to do that because we learn so much when we're in relationship and often our toughest teachers are our birth family because they're the ones that can trigger us or our partner, those people that are really close to us. But as you say, it is so important to recognise that um, actually that person is, a, is, a, is actually helping us to bring up these emotions and release them. And when we can get into that space, it does mean that we can then start to let them go and understand ourselves much more. And I really in, in the work that I do, I really like to focus on the relationship that we as humans have with our head and our heart and how much our head can rule our heart. Our head often will go into that quick fire solution 
Whereas if we just take a moment and pause and drop down into our heart and breathe, we can often find that there's a different reaction from that place. And having a strong balance between head and heart is about choosing for ourselves, listening to our inner truth and following that inner truth so that we can make choices that nurture us, choices that protect us and choices that bring us joy. We can have choice and it can be incredibly empowering to think I can choose, I can make a decision. And thinking in this way builds our own internal relationship. When we build that internal relationship, we become more grounded, more secure within. We trust ourselves more. And we also become more emotionally available in our external relationships. When we have a stronger internal relationship, we can find healthy ways to look after ourselves when chaos surrounds us. It also supports us to have a calmer external relationship with our surroundings too. When we have a stronger internal relationship, we can see the beauty in everything. We can trust that everything happens for a reason, the good and the not so good. And we don't react from that reactionary place within. Most definitely. And in a lot of the work that I do is deprogramming the mind and deconditioning the heart. So we're both working on the mind and the heart in similar but slightly different ways. So when we're talking about relationships, when we're talking about feelings, then I feel we have to go right back to the core of what is relationship and what is feeling, what are emotions, because they're so heavily conditioned. And one of the downfalls of the archetype of Libra is being romantic. And if we just stop and look at the romantic programming that's gone on over centuries, what people might be feeling can be very real feeling, can be very painful, can be very joyful. But are you chasing after something that doesn't exist? Are you in that state where I won't be happy until X, Y, Z has happened, especially in relationships? Are you being realistic? Can you decondition the heart from, well, he doesn't love me if he hasn't told me he's loved me, that kind of Valentine's Day toxic goo, and actually start to realise what relating is, because we're in such an important year going forwards. As we know, we had the Grand Conjunction in Aquarius at the winter solstice, and we're moving now from psychological dependency to soul flow. So what is relating? It's your free and independent soul relating on a frequency with another free and independent soul. So in a way, we need to tear up the entire storybook of romance and relating and start all over again in order to find that inner peace and in order to be able to live in authentic relating going forwards. So check in with yourself. Have you got a romantic delusion going? Have you got a timeline? Have you got an agenda? Have you got a, unless this happens, I can't be happy? Have you got realistic expectations from someone else that you've discussed with them rather than just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best? Because when people tell me that they've been hurt by someone else, the bottom line of that is that that person hasn't met the expectations that you never agreed with them. So if you think about that one, oh, that person hurt me. No, you turned up with a massive agenda that was programmed by fairy tales all the way through to friends and chick flicks. And then you hoped that that person would be X, Y, Z way. When they turned out just to be themselves because they never knew, then you're translating that as I was hurt by that person. So we've got some real deep waters here in how we've been programmed to take everything personally, take everything that everybody else does as a 
an affront to us unless they do it in a certain way that pleases us. And to get into that self-protective mode of people can hurt, people can cheat, people can do this, people can do that. The whole of that programming is coming to an end right now. But just imagine the difference between that kind of psychological rat's nest of a relationship versus you being truly authentic, allowing the other person to be authentic and the free flow of two frequency souls. So when we're saying be great in yourself, it's not trying to be happy. It's not just doing a little bit of inner work. It might be to reject the entire paradigm and to just concentrate on being your best essence, your best frequency, your best vibration. And know that from that place, that's where you're going to be attracting or repelling. So what we're seeing at the moment is a lot of repulsion. Because in the past, people used to pretend that they were one thing on the outside and, and have all this repression on the inside. And you could get away with that a little bit because things were a bit more sticky. They weren't so instantaneous. But now what we're going to start to notice going forwards is you will repel people as well as attract them according to who you're being. And if you look at the key phrase for relationships when people say they haven't worked, which of course all relationships work because they're messengers, is the phrase you've changed. So from this day forwards, can you decide, well, I can't change if I'm being my true essence? So get out there, radiate your true essence, vibrate that. You will attract and repel on that level. But what you're going to see is longer lasting, more harmonious relationships as you will attract somebody that's in a harmonious resonance with you. And then that you've changed thing can't happen again. So from my perspective, we're going from psychological dependency and need to soul flow and independence and vibrational relating. It's going to be beautiful, but there ha hasn't been a roadmap to this because everyone's been kept in a state of fear and self-loathing and all the other sorts of things that marketing and advertising does. If they tell you this program, then you'll try to achieve to be more beautiful or more this or more that, and then someone else can love you. That's all been a massive uh, marketing campaign to keep you buying products. But what if we just reject all of that in this wonderful Aquarian year, shine our brightest frequency and then see what happens, which is coming back to your lovely curiosity. So be great. Be your transmitter receiver. Be prepared to let some people go because you will repel people on a lower level, especially. But be prepared to attract from who you're being and that clean, pure, unconditioned heart. Yes, and, and and I love hearing all of that because it's really about letting go of blame as well, isn't it? Not blaming the other, which is what we can be so good at doing, as you were saying. And, and what can really help us as well, actually, with all of this is to really find that inner peace inside, that place inside that no one else can touch that is untouchable and and coming from that place, that, that sovereign place, I guess, within that we have. I had a magical experience recently where my internal and external relationship felt totally balanced. I was swimming in the sea on Luskantire Beach, one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, I think. I experienced internally the thrill of the cold water and the cold invigorating sea, the tingling in my hands and feet. My senses were loving the lapping of the waves and the sand under my feet. The energy of the water 
And at the same time, my eyes drank in the view of the hills majestically stretching down to the sea with some light cloud cover over the tops and an artist's array of different shades of grey and white. I felt so light, joyful and free, and nothing mattered in that moment. The balance of I am, we are, was so present. It's a memory that will stay with me for a long time. Beautiful. So what we're looking at here is now the next level of relating, which is to realise that you're an eternal soul. So we've spoken about you and other. We've spoken about doing some inner clearing and deconditioning. We've spoken about a perception change to coming from a place of being and, and connecting with your highest vibration. But the real essence of relating is to realise your spiritual self and your connection with your creator as well. So you've got the self, the higher self. Uh, which is eternal soul, and then the creator. So that's really on a very deep level. What we're all looking for is that deep relation to all creation, which you've so beautifully expressed there with the water and the sea. Um, so maybe take some emphasis off the romantic relationships and spend a while this month having a look at your relationship with the creation and the creator and see if you can really swim in those beautiful divine waters because it's through that that you'll start to realize how magnificent you truly are rather than this stumbling fumbling separate imperfect human form so libra really wants to elevate up to that level to, to merge with all that is and next month we'll be talking about transpersonal ascendance with scorpio but this is the beginning of the journey, like I say, into the dark months of the year. And this is when we're really best placed to consider and refocus on these high levels so that we're able to more easily live our highest frequency. I'm just going to pause here. I think I'll go into the meditation now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So something that can help us come into relationship with ourselves is a meditation that I'd like to share with you. It's, called, it's a kundalini meditation, kundalini yoga meditation. It's called the infinite kriya, and it's a guarantee for happy days, builds capacity, sensitivity, and strength of heart. In a comfortable meditation pose, so you could either be sitting in easy pose with your legs crossed, you could be sitting on a chair or sitting on a, a, a stool. You want to sit with your chin tucked in and your chest out, your spine straight, Cup the hands one over the other at chest level in front of your heart, and they've got about four or five inches between them. So they're one on top of the other with the space between them. And then look at them with the chin firmly tucked in and continue looking at them with long, deep breathing. And you want to continue for five to 11 minutes, really allowing yourself to get into that space and connecting with your heart as well in that time. And then stretch up. Hold the breath and exhale and repeat three times. When I say stretch up, I mean stretch the arms up. Then stretch the arms again and opening the fingers wide apart, turn the body left and right and then relax. And then just sit in the space. Notice the inner calmness that you have. Just check in with yourself how you feel emotionally, physically and mentally. Connect with your heart. Just notice how your heart is. And this meditation also helps us to harness our human energy. It also apparently will add 
years to our life if we practice it regularly, which is always a nice thing. So, yes, uh, I just wanted to share that with you today. Thank you. That's absolutely vital and valuable because it's lovely to add the practical aspect to what we're doing as well. So I'd like to add a couple of more general things. We've focused largely on relationship with self, other and source here. But obviously Libra is creativity. So some of the aspects that you can work with this month are creativity and even in relationship. Can you imagine a relationship where your focus is actually on two people creating together? Let's say a musician and a singer creating music together rather than each and that couple having to heal each other's past wounds. Can you feel the vibrational difference of that? So poetry, song, dance, perfume, the element of air is one that's hard to visualize really, but see it as light, sound and smell traveling through air. It's a conduit. So it's about beauty and grace with Venus traveling through air, but we've got poetry, song and music. Those are largely sound based, but we've also got color, light and scent as well with perfume. Feng Shui is a wonderful Libra aspect, actually harmonizing the space and the flow in your surroundings and also at the autumn equinox having the autumn clean we have a spring clean in the spring but why not have a autumn nesting ritual then maybe you could help clear out your inside world while rearranging your outside world and getting ready for the winter and while you're doing that my favorite topic to study in my uh, course is crystals for libra because they're to do with color and vibration so while you're clearing your space, while you're rearranging and getting ready for the winter months, have a think about the careful use of crystals in your space to bring in even more peace and harmony and creativity. Lovely. And that brings me into thinking about a quote that I'd like to share with you all when, uh, Zoe, you're talking about poetry. It's a Khalil Gibran quote from the prophet. And forget not that the earth delights to feel your bare feet and the winds long to play with your hair. So as Libra is the element of air, it's really lovely when you're out just to notice the wind. It's been really windy with us yesterday and today, which um, I always feel it's windy around the time of the autumn equinox. And I love the wind when it's like that, the noise of the wind in the trees and the leaves and just watching everything blowing. It's, it's wonderful. Okay, so let's have a look at the astrological weather. So we have just had a full moon in Pisces at the autumn equinox. And that's really big because as the sun was dipping down into Libra, the, the moon was at the last sign of the zodiac in Pisces, the last degree of the last sign. So a real ending of a whole cycle there. And coming on to the moons um, of next month, we've got the new moon on the 6th in Libra and the full moon on the 20th in Aries. So this will be the lunar axis that we're working towards. Of course, new moons are a great time to start new things. However, we are in a Mercury retrograde. So sometimes the lunar cycles are worked with a bit too simplistically. Everybody rushes out to celebrate this and says happy moon that and, and active, active, active all the time. But you might want to have a look at some inner recalibration of the things that we've been talking about for the new moon in Libra, because Mercury will be retrograde from the 27th of September to the 19th of October. 
So it is possible to set inner intentions as well as always being on the outer. So we were talking at the beginning about balancing the external and the internal, but maybe go in and recalibrate your thoughts towards relationships, your feelings towards relationships, your balance in relationships, and then through to self and through to eternal self as well. And that might be a more gentle way to work with that new moon window. And then when we come to the Aries full moon on the 20th, Mercury has just come out of retrograde. So there will be a sense of rebirth there, having gone into the equinox and into the retrograde and then coming out like a newborn baby with the Aries full moon. So there's a chance to reinvent self. And as you said at the beginning, that then reinvents and rebalances our connection with others as well. That's really lovely. And I always think that it's just lovely to think, okay, well, we can let go of those old stories that don't serve us any longer. And what is it that I can change? And what what can my new stories be? Or my new intentions be? Because that's the wonderful thing about the new moon and the full moon. I always think every month we have an opportunity to change these things. We don't have to stay set in our ways. We do have choice. And as I was saying at the beginning, it can be incredibly empowering to think I can choose, I can make a decision. And yes, I just love the fact that we can just, it's like wiping the slate and then thinking, okay, let's do something different. This hasn't worked this month. Let's do something different. Let's readjust the balance and get the balance more in balance. That's very much what Mercury is for. People give Mercury retrograde a bad name, but this is the ideal opportunity to go in, observe the mind, change the mind, make those decisions that then breaks negative patterns and blocks and all manner of things. So that is the definition of a Mercury retrograde, is the ability to see what's been going on and change our mind. And for that, it should be celebrated rather than demonised. Definitely. I totally agree, because often people go, oh, it's Mercury retrograde, how awful. But I agree, quite often it actually brings some big changes around, positively brings some big changes around. We had a moment with Mercury retrograde with this podcast I'd like to share with you all because our first recording of it didn't for some reason record. So uh, I think it's just going with the flow and having a sense of humour around it as well always helps. Thank you so much, Zoe, for sharing your wisdom this evening and for joining me. It's always lovely to connect with you and to hear about what's going on around us from a planetary aspect really helps us all to understand our behaviours and our emotions. Next month, we will be in the watery energies of Scorpio, which we will really look forward to sharing with you. And we are almost at the end of our astrological calendar, which is incredible, really. So thank you all so much for joining us and for listening to this podcast. As always, if you have any questions at all, I am very happy to be contacted. You can email me, you can text me, get me through Facebook, whichever way. And I know Zoe, you two are also very happy to be contacted as well. So uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you.